There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1. Kia ora, welcome to another episode of Fill Me In. We're up to episode 4 now, a Redeemer Church podcast, formerly known as the 99th most popular podcast among Kiwis on Spotify. Don't know what happened to that stat. Uh, we're not getting any high numbers apparently anymore, even though we're getting more listens. So I guess other podcasts are taking off as well. A big shalom to all those who have tasted the heavenly gift. Uh, my name is Philip Brown. Hopefully you've heard some of the other episodes at this point, but if you haven't, basically the point of the podcast is to talk to people who are Christian, who at one point were not Christian and they weren't raised Christian, and just have conversations about how that went. Uh, sometimes we have spaces for these in the church that um, sometimes are a little bit short and don't have enough time for, I guess, the whole story or some of the nitty gritty of uh, what the person sharing the story might want to bring out. So. Um, that's really the point of this podcast. Hopefully it will be an encouragement to you. I'm here uh, today with Sam. How you going, Sam? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, doing doing great, man. Stoked yeah. to have you on. Would you just be able to uh, just introduce yourself to us, man? Just tell us a bit about what you're currently up to and all that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> my name's Sam Monday. Uh, I'm a student in Auckland. I'm a third year linguistics and philosophy uh, student. Um, awesome. Apart from that, I'm a landscaper, so I dig holes in my spare time. And yeah, love life and really excited to chat to you today, bro. Awesome, man. So good to have you on. We've hung out a little bit and it's yes. kind of weird. I've just been thinking about you as I've been getting ready for this episode. It's it's when I say a little bit, really emphasis on the little. Like we've hardly <laughs> hung out. I think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we went out for dinner one time and, and had a really good chat. And we'll probably yeah, even yeah. go over some of the same stuff that we talked about then. That was probably almost a couple of years ago. Um, yes. But it's saying that. I've come to really appreciate you, um, and I feel like we're closer friends than the the time we've actually spent together would yes, would yeah. <laughs> would uh, suggest. And I think yeah. we're probably one of those friendships where um, social media is actually kind of done right. Like we do actually Instagram with that a lot. Yeah, talk a lot about yeah. current events. Talk a lot about mm. um, I guess the Christian faith's bearing on on various things we're seeing. And yeah, I, I really appreciate you, bro. We also um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. We went to the same high school. Um, that is funny, isn't it? What what years were you at Lakes High? So <clears throat> I graduated in 2017. So that means I would have started five years earlier than that. So I'm a little right. bit younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I was there 2006 to th- 2010. So we we just missed each yeah, other. But that, that's kind of crazy, man. Um, and I'm sure some stuff will come up about that uh, glorious high school uh, back in Rotorua. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I, I've just really appreciated about you was, so I, I'd kind of heard about you and heard through the grapevine, oh, there's this guy, Sam, and he's gotten saved. Mm-hmm. And then I see, I think on my YouTube feed or something, there's you sitting in the Redwoods uh, oh, with yeah, this funny. video sharing your testimony. And I feel like you you must have been pretty fresh into the faith at that point. But here you are, I guess, wanting to share about what's happening. So maybe start with that. Like, Tell me about what motivated that video. So um, <clears throat> I've been, I'd say, um, been grafted into the into God's kingdom where I got saved, however you want to put it, about yeah. um, five years ago. So in 2018, so the year after high school, I've been planning on doing a video like that for a while mm. because I guess for me personally, I really felt growing up after having become Christian, sorry, one of my biggest disappointments was that more people didn't try to share the gospel with me or share their testimony. And <clears throat> I was somewhat, <clears throat> sorry, excuse my throat. Um, I was somewhat, yeah, I was a bit 
you know, I'll, I'll be honest, it actually made me a little bit bitter for a while, <laughs> just being right. completely honest. But um, And so that's always been a big passion for me, that it's like there are people out there who um, well, clearly need God, but also are just open to hearing because very intellectual people love to have a debate or whatever. And, um, and so I recorded that video largely first off, you know, so that all the people I know who aren't Christian who have gone like, what the heck has happened to Sam can, right. you know, I can kind of explain it, but then also just in hopes of putting out into the internet sphere, you know, something encouraging, hopefully that would get people questioning things, to be honest. Mm. Uh, did any, I guess, conversations come as a result of it? Plenty, uh, <clears throat> which is actually pretty crazy. Um, a lot of people from high school, um, you know, and old friends hitting me up and everything being like, wow, this is crazy, man. Like, you know, I had no clue. Um, some work colleagues had watched mm. it, uh, which is quite funny too, because I didn't, it's a little bit weird, you know, like saying, hey, do you want to go watch my video? So I didn't do that. But some of them were like, wow, I saw what you posted that. That was really interesting. And um, so I got some really just like encouraging feedback because a lot, like I know some people even who messaged me off the back of that ended up going to church uh, and getting saved or at least, you know, they might've grown up a bit Christian and then turned yeah. back. And that's not in me, that's not on me or anything whatsoever, you know, but the fact that I was able to have that conversation with these people and be able to witness that someone would turn back to God or turn to God. Um, uh, yeah. It's just very exciting. You know, Dude, that's super encouraging. It's yeah, super it encouraging. Um, so I kind of like to do this, I guess, a little bit non-linear, I guess, like a Tarantino film or something. Um, so maybe just start off. I'd love to hear about, I guess, your Christian mm. life currently. So right. so here's you at the moment. Um, what yeah. does it mean to you? What does it look like for you to be a mm. Christian in 2023? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm a, um, as I'm a university student, you know, I think um, certainly in the den in a lot of ways studying philosophy you know um certainly coming up against all these anti-christian opinions but at the same time getting a amazing chance to be able to study study philosophy and christian philosophers and theologians through this course and have those discussions with professors and classmates and whatnot so um mm. that's that's been a real blessing um man i i love my church i'm leading a youth group at the moment we've just started up for our church um i love yeah i'm really interested in philosophy theology all things like that god's just been really good to me and um i certainly wouldn't be here and this is such you know looking back five years ago looking forward now i wouldn't have ever expected to be where i am now you know i'm i'm mm. involved in church i'm loving it um i've had a couple opportunities to share or to speak a little bit and yeah it's i'm just loving life and um i really feeling called to carry on going deeper with God and, and church uh, and whatnot. Yeah. Oh man, that's so great. Mm. That's so great. So, so let's go from there and go back a bit mm. um, to, to a much younger Sam. So tell me a bit about, <laughs> I guess, what, what you thought and what, what you believed before this, um, maybe yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, Good question. That, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I think about that often. I was, um, it's funny because I was really nasty to Christians in my high school way. Um, first off, I thought that's the thing, you know, I grew up in a very relativist sort of new age household and that is sort of like whatever truth that you believe is your truth. Right. doesn't matter. It's all going to end up back at the source or God or whatever you want to call it. Um, your beliefs make your reality, blah, 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 which, you know, 
anyway, um, but of course, you know, um, you're a you're a new ager or you're a pluralist uh, for everyone apart from Christians. You know, right? Of course, you're like you know, it's it's okay to be Muslim, it's okay to be Hindu, it's okay to be pagan. In fact, I had friends who are Satanists. You know, but it's just like, but it, but Christians, they're bigots, they're dumb, they're uneducated, they're sheep. They don't think about what they believe in. They don't have a reason for what they believe in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was quite anti-Christian. Um, right. I was very fascinated. I was very much into um, different types of yoga. Uh, I was doing one thing called Kundalini yoga, which um, believe it or not, the purpose of it is to awaken the serpent energy at the base of your spine and open your third eye. And if, uh, if that doesn't sound a bit freaky, uh, maybe you should go to church. Um, Yeah. And yeah, just interested in paganism, pretty much all philosophies and religions apart from Christianity, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay and, and so what, what then were your first encounters with christians like then yeah so a few few people in high school and i wasn't particularly nice to them as i say mm. um kind of make fun of them we had some a big catholic family down there right right okay. uh, yeah we used to clash with them a lot um but um sort of the big tipping point was my mum who was very into all these things as well as as with myself she became christian or she started going to church and then next thing i know she's burning all of her collections of books on witchcraft new age tarot like she was doing all sorts of new age healing and uh other sort of mystical things and then she's burning all her books going to church and adamantly telling me that it's the only truth and so that for me was quite shocking coming from you know the a polar opposite in my mum and seeing that change right. just about overnight so that's really what triggered me to go like okay well i know mum's not in that job um and she's not an idiot so i'm gonna have a look into this or i'm you know that just got me a bit skeptical about christianity as opposed to downright against it right and so do you know what it was for her like where did she come across it basically um a family member of hers was going along and she went along with them she was at church and she was saying that she was just overwhelmed listening to these songs she'd come back each week and she's like man i just can't stop crying every time i hear the music and i was like man that's interesting and she said in retrospect rich she she realized it was the first time she'd felt like the love of a father in her life and hearing these mm. words was something she never felt and so i was like oh okay interesting so that for my mum is what triggered it yeah um but i'm certainly probably not in the same sphere as her for her it's much more of a feeling thing you know and sure. like uh an encounter whereas for me it was quite the opposite i you know was much more interested in mm. why and how and what it is mm. okay how mm. how much time sort of went by where she was on the christian mm. team and you hadn't i guess come around yet probably a year so that so it was about a year-long process right and that for me as well like i'm very passionate about evangelism or sharing the gospel and for unbelievers coming to know christ is very encouraging to me because i used to get very down if i'd share the gospel with someone or talk to them that they weren't saved within one conversation you know i'd be like man i'm sorry god i failed you i'm such a bad christian this person's going to hell you know and stuff like that but it's like i've come over time to be able to mature a little bit and realize actually you know as it says some sow the seed some water but god's going to bring the increase and sort of take the onus off myself and seeing that it did take me like a year right exactly long journey you know in which my mum was probably panicking the whole time Mm. um 
for me to come to it and now ultimately seeing that I'm so much, you know, where I am now, it's a, you know, it's relaxing and uh, <laughs> encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I find that to be one of the most encouraging pieces of advice with evangelism, eh? that there's a lot mm, of nails mm. in this coffin and it might be that you're the first yes, one yes, and who yes. knows what might come along down the track. It might be exactly. that their mind goes back to that conversation and say, yeah, you just got to stick around and kind of mm. see what happens. But that's awesome. Okay. So, so that that's one factor, I guess, that you're considering um, yes. your, your mum's newfound face. Yes. What, what else can happen in this year that, that nudged you in? Yeah. So, um, the day I finished my high school exams, the very next day I moved to Mount Monganui, uh to live inside the scaffolding of a climbing wall in a small little uh, self-contained unit to train full-time to do competitions for rock climbing. Um, all of my friends were very, and my sponsors and whatnot, very, you know, into new age stuff and, you know, mushrooms and um, psychoactive substances and meditation and all of these alternative practices. Um, so mum was definitely the main and only point and sort of every other vector was pulling me back from it in some senses or like antagonistic to it. Um, but I remember, so I had a lot of questions for my mum. I was like, okay, well, if God's real, why does he hate gay people? If God's real, why is he not a woman, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mum couldn't answer these questions because for her, she'd very much taken on faith and an experience, which is a beautiful thing, but that wasn't satisfying to me. Mm. Eventually she said, hey, um, it turns out my pastor didn't grow up a Christian. He used to be like a real big surfer, stoner dude over in America. Uh, and he's a very intellectual, philosophical guy, um, and he'd love to chat with you about all your questions. So mm. he was the first guy for sure that I'd met who any question I asked him, he had a reason, you know, for the for the hope that lies in him. He had um, an answer for my questions. Even if it wasn't, I didn't agree with it, it was like, okay, this guy's thought his faith out. Mm. Um, it's a holistic worldview and that it's just like, there's not any questions that I'm asking that he's like, Oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. You know, like, um, and so it that deconstructs was, right yeah. in your presence there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Causing Christians to lose their faith. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, cause that's, sad. but, um, but yeah, he had a good reason for everything that he believed. Um, even though I didn't agree with it and he could answer all of my questions. He like, he could give me a good his own theological views, which I mean, I don't agree with all of them now, but the fact that someone had thought through all of these things had sure. had the same questions and was willing to engage and talk with me on these things really. And it kind of took Christians in my eyes yeah, uh, from being just dumb sheep to, okay, there is a reason for Christianity yeah, and it can be defended. Mm. Um, yeah. And he was very adamant right from day one that I met him. He is like, the Christian worldview is the most philosophically consistent worldview. No other worldview answers the proper, the same questions in the ways that Christianity does. And so mm. he was definitely the first guy that my mind started to turn and, you know, seeing some stuff online and listening to debates and whatnot. Right. And, you know, some of Jordan Peterson, like, okay, maybe Christianity is not a terrible thing for society, but um, that was definitely the first big turning point for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But did that nudge you all the way in or are you still still pushing back at that point no so um i started to see testimonies of other people who were yeah. in new age practices becoming christian 
so like the video I had recorded, other people had done this. Right. Like one of the two of the most famous authors in the world in these spheres, most rich in everything, most published, you know, just on camera, sort of like, yeah, like saying, hey, I'm sorry I've deceived you all for years. I'm Christian now and I'm not taking any more money from my books. I've gotten rid of it all. And, you know, like literally brought to tears on camera, just talking about how they become Christians. And that for me was like, okay, there's something happening. Hmm. Uh, and it was like all of these little walls and well, big walls of myself slowly being broken down by yeah. God working through other people. And yeah, so it was very much that first guy listening to these, confi- uh, what do you call them? Sorry, testimonies, listening yeah. to these testimonies. Um, and my mum bought me a book out of the Bible too. Um, it was the book of Proverbs yeah. and the passion translation of all things. <laughs> but hey, I started start to somewhere, it. you know. Got to start somewhere, yeah. But I remember I, was, I started <laughs> to question things, and I was going. I'd often think I'm like, okay, well, if Christianity is real, what about this? And you know, uh, what about this experience I've had? And mm. not intentionally, but I'd often find myself reading the Book of Proverbs, and the thing I'd just been thinking of was on the page that I happened to open to, like, and I was, it was like, wow, this book feels like it's speaking to me Mm. and supernaturally answering my questions that I'm having, you know? Mm. Um, And that was really powerful. So yeah, people, these debates, philosophy, seeing more and more the evidence, it was like, okay, it started to stack up. I'm like, there's more evidence for this than any other worldview, you know? Mm. Um, that's a fact that Jesus is a historical fact that Jesus lived, died, and was then seen again as in raised to life. Right. And all of the uh, all of the counter arguments to how yeah. he couldn't have died are just silly. Yeah. Um, so it was all these things that, as a skeptical non-Christian, I was like, "Well, it makes the most sense." And but to be honest, a a big thing that got me away from my own personal spiritual worldview, and I'm. Just ranting a bit here, sorry, but no, it's good, man. Um, We're loving it. Yeah. So I remember once, so I started to listen to Christian music and I was like, wow, I feel amazing. It sounds incredible. Get these fuzzy feelings when I'm listening to it. Right. But at the time, I was listening to the two biggest sort of music I was sorts of music I was listening to were like death metal made by Satanists, quite explicitly, uh, and pagan bands, like very anti-Christian, like just explicitly, like we're making music because we don't like Christians and Christian music. And I told my mum this and she's like, you know, that's God and the devil fighting over you. <laughs> and I was like, what a um, concoction on your iPhone. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. 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 So just Spotify in recommended place. Like oh, oh, I'm confused. <laughs> Spotify wrapped was yeah. Looking year to year is quite a, a strange uh, transition. Yeah. Um, and I was having these weird sort of reactions when I was doing, kundalini yoga like i was finding myself crying and i know it sounds weird and kind of <laughs> uh strange but like shaking and all these weird things when i was doing this yoga and so i wanted to give up this music and this yoga on the advice of mom to see if i could come closer to god uh and long story short i'm living alone in an industrial area um i can't get to sleep that night and i start hearing like this these banging what sounds like footsteps where i like, must be the wind mm. and these footsteps are getting louder so, well, that's not the wind. It really sounds like someone, but I've locked all the doors. The alarms are set and it started to get weird. I was like, I'm alone and this doesn't sound like I'm alone. And again, these are definitely footsteps that I'm starting to hear. Start walking around outside on my porch towards my door. And then my door starts clicking as if someone's trying to get in. And I was like, oh, dang. Like <laughs> I was really scared. 
but my door's not locked. So whoever this person is could get in, but I lie in there petrified. And then these footsteps, I hear them again. They start walking away. And then I hear them walking down the steps. And then I hear them walking back up the steps. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. This happens for about half an hour. And again, I can't explain this. And, you know, mm. I know it sounds wacky and everything, but I'm just saying firsthand my own experience. I didn't expect sure. for yeah, this to absolutely. happen. Um, this happened for about half an hour. I'm lying there petrified. Like, this is terrifying because there can't be a person, but they're somehow a person or something. Right. Until I'm lying there with my eyes open. I'm looking at the wall and it's like, seven foot tall big dark shadow slides in from where my daughter door is along my wall and then lines up with where i'm sleeping and i don't know if i'm just tripping balls you know but it's just like i saw that i looked behind me there's nothing casting the shadow and then i had just this impending sense of doom and dread that i was like whatever this is I knew it was very angry at me. It's just the feeling I got. Like when you go against someone you love, like a parent, and they tell you off really harshly, you feel mm. kind of horrible as a kid inside. Um, right. I couldn't get to sleep for hours. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to die. Whatever this is, I'm probably going to die. After hours, I fell asleep, woke up. I was sick. Felt like I'd been hit by a truck. My bones, my muscles, I couldn't train that day, which was really important to me. And I called my mom. I was like, listen, I can't look into this Christian stuff because this bad stuff happened. And she's like, that's exactly what you need to because it's true. And so basically all of these things combined led me to going to church. And from there, um, that's when I would come to, you know, be convicted of the gospel. And mm. yeah. Amazing, man. How, how did you yeah. find, how did you find the gospel? and the claims of the gospel mm. um but people will will share different experiences around you know there's like a, a moment mm. where they yep. are convicted of their sins they yes, they cast yes. themselves on the mercy of god and jesus christ and other people will look back and go like i i couldn't mm. put a moment there but i know yeah, there was yeah. this general transition and how i saw yeah. that and what i was trusting and could you speak to that totally um <clears throat> yeah yeah some yeah exactly and so it's not all about that moment but i i'd certainly had a moment Mm. So I was going to church and having all these nice feelings when I listened to worship music and thinking of myself somewhat as a Christian. And I'm honestly praying and seeing some pretty miraculous prayers answered in strange ways and Christian people coming into my life in really crazy ways, like certain climbers I didn't know, inviting me to church all of a sudden, my new manager is a Christian. Um, but what happened is I was going to church for a while. I, I, I was, in my mind, Christianity is true. It makes the most sense, but I don't see why I need to pick it. So I didn't really actually know the gospel, to be honest. Right. I knew the Christian worldview was the most consistent and the evidence and all these things were there. But the back of church one time, this guy, and I'll never forget, I'm still amazed with him. Um, bless this guy, Lance. Um, comes up to me, he's like, hey, bro. He's like, you've been coming for a while and I see you don't have any mates or anything here. He's like, what's your story? Do you want, Can you tell me? And so I sort of told him my testimony in full. There's, you know, a few other crazy things that happened whilst I was overseas in China and right. whatnot. So lots, there's a long journey, like a year long. But I told him, I was just like, you know, like <clears throat> I wanted to get in touch with maybe a pastor, you know, talk about the Bible, start reading it. And I had a bunch of books, new age stuff that I wanted to burn and get rid of. Mm. Um, and his words, he said, wow, man. And sort of jokingly, but serious, he's like, it sounds like you really escaped from the jaws of hell. And when he said that, everything fell into place. I was mm. like, ah, oh, this is important because it's about my soul. It's about eternity. And that's why Jesus has died, mm. you know, because it's not just true, you know, and 
Um, and this is kind of where I've just been studying this Christian philosopher called Soren Kierkegaard. Right. And I think this is where sort of um, uh, existentialism and um, subjective truth actually becomes important. Christianity can't just be a fact for us. It needs to be true for us personally, you know, mm. um, it needs to affect our lives. It can't just be Absolutely. like, you know, Oh, the sun's in the sky and you know what I mean? It needs to affect things. Right. And so uh, it became subjectively true for me at that point, right. as opposed to just a fact. And, <clears throat> and he gave me this advice and he said, Hey man, sometimes um, to see, it's worth seeing what you'd be willing to give up in order to follow this. I don't know if like, cause that's kind of a little bit random advice. Like it's not exactly word for word, like, you know, repent and believe, but um, mm. my God must've spoke to him that day. Cause as I was walking home, I went through everything in my mind and I was like, okay, well, if Christianity is true and God's real and all this stuff, is this more important to me than my rock climbing? It has to be, you know, um, is this more important than my friends? It has to be. Would I give up reading? Yep. Eyesight. Yep. Ever going to the beach again? Yes. Family. You know, I just went through everything in my mind that was important to me. I was like, if this is true, I need to follow this before all other things. Mm. Um, and it was from that day forward, I started reading the Bible and slowly, you know, becoming deeper in my understanding of the gospel and everything. Mm. But it was certainly at that moment that I felt the conviction that this is the only way and I need Jesus, you know? Mm. Beautiful, um, man. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so I guess it's been five years, you say, around yes, about yes. since this. So about that, that. That's amazing, and and I'm sure there's a lot of ways you've grown and thought things mm. through uh, in that time. Um, let's talk a bit about that. I mean, the Christian life is not meant to be done alone. No, the author of Hebrews will talk about exhorting one another and, mm. and encouraging one another, stirring one another up to love and good works. And it's mm. interesting just the way these kinds of ideas like filter down into even like, um, like Christian literature. I, I had this pointed out to me a couple of years ago, like, and have you ever read Pilgrim's Progress by Bunyan? No, I haven't, but I know a bit about it. Yeah, it's great. One of the things I'd never noticed this though it's it's very true is that the mm. the pilgrim character's uh, Christian his name is he's he's walking along this road to this celestial city and he's always with someone. Um, yes. He always has someone at yes. his side, like this sort of Christian companion, and they're just chatting the things of the mm. Lord and chatting the journey the whole way and talking about like this is this is what a true follower of the way looks like. This is what um, false counterfeits of it look like. And they're just yarning mm. and, and growing mm. together as, as they walk along. I, I'm sure that must've been um, the, the case for you, you know, people that the Lord's set, yeah. set across your path. And you've mentioned some of them already. I, I've had many of them as well. Could you maybe totally. speak to some of the the people that you've met over the years who have yeah. been a blessing to you and encouraged you? Yeah, sure. Um, well, yes. Yeah, so, well, just first off, I totally agree that it's like, cause there was a time early on in being Christian where I was extremely lonely mm. and like I was working on Sundays. I'm very pleased that I chose to change that. You know, I think mm. anyone who's listening, you that needs to prior, be a priority, right? Like Paul says to not, you know, some people neglect the meeting of the saints, you know, and it's like, mm. that's not healthy. Um, and it was almost impossible. And it's exhausting being alone as a Christian mm. and just really hard. Um, but yes, so that first guy clearly. So he was my first pastor. Um, this man who um had an articulate worldview of being a Christian. Yeah. He's definitely the first guy. So that was huge blessing to me. Um, for years, 
and I've always, yeah, <clears throat> not to be edgy, <laughs> sound like an edge lord, but um, I've always been a little bit of a lone wolf, you know, like um, with friendships and stuff. Like, uh, yeah. just a, I think I was just, I'm just a little bit odd, uh, in some ways. But, but through not being a part Christian, of the system, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not like the other guys, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh. I certainly blessed with like a first group of friends who are truly deeply good friends. Mm. Um, and these brothers of mine would, you know, we would study the Bible. We would catch up at cafes and we would talk deeply about these things. Even if we disagreed on things they right. had to pray for each other um, and to wrestle with these things, hard questions and through scripture, like one guy I did, um, it's something called the shred which is you try to read the bible in 30 days um so through the first lockdown my mate and i we did and managed to do it in 40 days man that was just incredible you know so um yeah so having these friends it was man that changed my life you know because for the first time i really think in my life i felt what true uh community was Mm. um like of course we find it in you know sports and whatnot but this is deep and it was different and Mm. so that was incredible so these friends they're amazing um after that i would say um yeah i moved to auckland for university Mm. um yeah so my mother that first passed and my friends and then um some i've got some incredible friends here in auckland i've got you know some other people have kind of come on my path too like kind of got a mentor friend at the moment he's this Mm. presbyterian fella um and man that's just like he was a philosophy major as well right and he's a pastor here in auckland of another church but he'll meet up with me and Mm. um these guys coming around me having these friends that i can go through these problems with pray for one another i'm living with three other christian guys at the moment you know it's just like my my life has been incredibly changed and blessed because of other people and i think we like to, I think as Western men, we, you know, and some, it's got some good things about it as being independent and, mm. um, you know, self-reliant and whatnot, but man, I would so not be where I am or, um, as good as well off as I am and blessed and satisfied in it, having this peace of mind that I often have, if it wasn't for other people who are Christians. Mm. Awesome, man. So I mean, aside from I guess key people mm. along the way, which is yeah, yeah. which is so amazing. I mean, I think most mm. Christians would speak to that, and I certainly can in yes. my life. The first year of my Christian life, just meeting once a week with a bunch of other young guys, and you know, mm. just reading scripture together, just literally just go through a chapter of the Bible and just really nutting it out verse by verse, and yes. probably a bunch of us are way off bunch of us coming from different traditions we're really trying to <laughs> exactly. nut it out and actually work out like what is this thing saying mm. and and then we just confess sins to each other and yeah. we just do that every single week and yeah i grew so much in 2012 yes. uh yes. because of that you know it's just amazing set me up for so much of the christian life now it was it was so cool so i guess aside from that though are there any other things you look back on in the last five years and you go man i'm stoked with that i'm, I'm really glad it happened that way um i think um Certainly when early on there's a period and crossing over where it's like, yeah, you like you only have a very basic understanding for Christianity. I think taking your questions and like just issues to a pastor or someone who's more wise in the faith, sometimes instead of trying to lean on your own figuring out of 
the, right. the Bible or morality and whatnot certainly saved me a lot of heartache. Um, yeah. And like having a pastor who's not afraid to be like, dude, you're being an idiot. Like you don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, that certainly saved me a lot of heartache. Mm. Um, That's hard in Kiwi culture too, eh? We're like, it's yeah, pretty much if I ever bush, cross bro. you, we are now enemies. And exactly. Christianity is like, well, no, exactly. I'll cross you all the time and we're good friends. <laughs> exactly. That's it, eh? And, um, and that even comes to like, you know, like when we're confessing sins to each other and admonishing one another, like, and calling each other out on our rubbish. Like having, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a good friend who, one of those mates who I studied the Bible with, I worked with him as well. And, uh, yeah, he certainly a couple of times just like, bro, what are you doing? This mm. is the stupidest idea you could ever have, you know? Mm. And just like, and that hurts, man. It's like a gut punch because he's a bit of an older, cooler guy. But I was just, mm. yeah, very grateful that someone loved me that much and loved God and the truth enough that they were willing to risk offending me mm. uh, for telling me the truth. So it just kept me from a lot of dumb decisions. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, Man, it's yeah, such a blessing to, and that's just me personally. Like I know everyone's not exactly wired that way, but it's like understanding scripture and theology better, and having these. Um, I think when we've got these questions as Christians, you should look into it, mm. uh, and you should try to figure this out because I think sometimes, um, people who don't like examine their own beliefs, um, you don't want the first person to be examining that belief to be a non-believer. You know, you want to be the person doing it in good Christian community. Like if you've got questions about evolution or, you know, history or theology, you don't want to be getting your answers from people who aren't Christian. And then you don't want them to be the first people questioning you like, well, you've never thought about that, you know, and that because that really rocks people's faith sometimes. Right. And so I think part of it where I've come to now is like with these questions, if I ever have any and with philosophy and studying Mm. all these things, it's like, I think it's good to have, you know, like a predetermined heart. It's just like whatever answer comes, like God's right, he's good, he's holy, all of these things. And just because I find an answer or don't find an answer and it might not be satisfying or whatever, that doesn't change the fact that there would be a good answer and God is justified. There's nothing he's ever done wrong Mm. and I can trust him even if I don't get it, you know. Mm. So I think that's a good thing to have in the back of our minds. It's like whatever comes, it's like I'm still going to worship God. Um, but yeah, you know, just you go through those questions in community, not on your own or looking at some deconstruction Instagram page to get right. your answers. Cause yeah, you get the oh real scholarly gosh. stuff there. Oh, dude, Super you know, well thought out. oh, it's just not worth it. You know, like, mm. yeah, exactly. Do you find it frustrating that I guess like broadly in the evangelical church mm. in New Zealand, this kind of stuff isn't really touched you know, it's it's very it's mm. often like quite short, uh, feel good. Um, you know, chuck a chuck one verse in there and sort of yep. spin a yarn from that and just sort of go from there. Yes. Um, and I mean, like, I'm sure you'd be able to speak to this because I'm, you know, like we need to confront these hard bits. I remember the first time reading the Bible when I got to the part where that guy's he he gives his concubine to the city to <clears throat> rape. And then they right. cut her up and send each of her body parts, you know, and he just like shows this complete disregard for human life. Mm. And it just it really rocked me. That was the first and only time reading the Bible that I was like, wow, like I need to take a step back and be like, God, like what, what, you know, but it's like, 
come into as well. It's like, God didn't approve of that. You know, it's right. like, exactly. just because it's written down doesn't mean it was good. For sure. Know, it's like yeah. not everything in the Bible is like, because again, if you do the random, I come from a quite a charismatic Pentecostal evangelical sure. background, you know, you flick through the Bible and put your finger down on a verse. It's like, you might read something that in context is Satan speaking. But if you think that's God's word to you, that's mm. probably not very healthy. Um, Did you ever see the one? It was like a, it's like an encouraging verse uh, for everyday calendar thing. And the verse was, if you yes, bow down yes. to me, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. yeah, context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or, for sure. Or like a the encouraging versus just like you wretched sinners, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. something real harsh. Like yeah, put that on your Pinterest or whatever, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, mm. no, it's definitely been a thing. You know, we, we've tried to consider at least in the way we do our preaching. Mm. Like knowing yeah, so how that do you deal with that of, personally? Yeah, the, the, we know there's I guess lots of narratives around um, that that are contradictory to the christian faith mm, and certainly right. have a lot of um like prominence at the moment um you know typically if i see someone grow up in christianity and then they leave it they'll be you yeah. know spouting out all the woke uh progressive lines yep. um and, and so i but that's that's not the only i guess worldview that would sort of contradict us or, mm. or, or come against the knowledge of god i think what what we try to do though is like with any passage that we're preaching, I try to imagine, okay, like if an unbeliever is mm. here, how would they object to this? What would awesome. be the issues yep. they'd have with it? And just act as though they're there. Maybe they yep. are, maybe they're not. Yep. Um, I think Tim Keller talks about like preachers are unbelievers uh, are there. And if you do, they will be there. <laughs> um, yes. some, he's probably said it more eloquently, but but something like that. And so, yeah, we, we just try to, mm. I certainly try to have almost like apologetics type questions yes um, as we go through so you know we just preached through genesis last year and you get to um the middle of the book round about about chapter 30 where jacob breeds his cattle and his sheep in this way that's like completely scientifically impossible you know and you and you say you got to talk about yeah. that well, how, how does this happen so from there you like talk about naturalism you talk about the presuppositions of naturalism mm-hmm. and try and like go on the offensive uh against exactly. that and so i spent a bit of time in the sermons doing that and hopefully that will model um well firstly to a non-believer that there's actually good answers to that and that naturalism's yeah. pretty weak um but yeah. hopefully Amen. like um gives the the believers listening a bit of confidence as well and a, a little bit of yep. a, a strategy to you know, think about how, how would I attack this in a conversation mm. with someone? So, yeah, I mean, it's important because, um, totally. yeah, you're not just in a vacuum. There are competing ideas and, and you've got to push back against them for sure. Maybe to tackle it from the opposite perspective, are there things you look back on, I guess, with a little bit of regret over the last five years, or maybe to mm. ask it another <laughs> way, what what would you most tell yourself from five years ago? Uh, what would you most like? If, if you get yeah. a hold of that guy and say, these are the things that will be key, man, what, what would you say to him? Well, I mean, the way God's work things out, you know, it's like um, in his providence and his omniscience, I'm sure it's been done in the best way possible. So sure. I actually, absolutely, I'm very skeptical of time traveling, but yeah. um, <laughs> if, if, you know, like um, I would have, <clears throat> I think earlier, yeah. And that was just one of those things. I, I wish Christians had have been willing to kind of call me on my rubbish a bit more, mm. you know, instead of just letting me spout off rubbish about them, because the stuff I was saying about Christianity wasn't true in retrospect. Mm. It didn't make sense, but being a bit of a, an aggressive male, I'm sure people just felt intimidated. And I totally understand that, you know, and it's mm. like, I totally do, but it's like, if someone had to come back at me just with one line of apologetics or something, 
I probably would have felt like, oh dear, like <laughs> I haven't thought a of that. Three syllable word. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like um, I think uh as well, like um for people that have grown up Christian, uh, it might be a bit exciting or like, oh, you know, I don't have a testimony, I don't have any cool stories. It's like I've got to say, in retrospect, if I if I could change anything, I would have grown up a Christian. Mm. If I could change that, like the the benefits of having a dramatic conversion versus the benefits of growing up in a good, faithful Christian household, which might seem boring and regular to you and you don't have any cool supernatural stories about big shadows coming into your room, it's not worth it, you know? Mm. It's like, whilst it might sound fun or <laughs> interesting, I would change. I would trade it, you know? It's just like God's way and design of living, man. There's so many things that I look back on. It's just like, if I had chosen God's way, I wouldn't have this problem today. You know, it's like, mm. God's been very good and gracious to me and healing and changing and um, reforming me in a lot of ways, but it's just mm. totally like, yeah, I've given him, a, I've contributed a lot of rubbish for him to deal with, you know, mm. and it's just like living his way is the way to live. You know, it's mm. just, yeah, totally. Totally. Awesome, man. Let's talk a bit about, um, I guess, encountering scripture for the first time. I mean, mm-hmm. so you, you did mention um, reading the Passion Translation of the Proverbs. You mentioned, <laughs> uh, you mentioned what was it called? Shredding? Um, yeah, tell shredding. Me about that. What, it, yeah. Tell me about the well, shredding. What, what first, off, f- first off, Phil, what's your favorite Bible translation? Um, there's a number of them. I would yep. say um, well, anything that's the message I, I guess has some like i actually don't hate the message for what it is yeah, you know? yeah, yeah like yeah. i wouldn't recommend it as your main uh no, no, diet no, yeah. but <clears throat> it's fine in terms of something you know as a supplement for sure it's not going to mm, hurt you totally. um, i've even yeah, you know cool. i've spent a bit of time like just looking up hard passages in it that you know are a little yeah, bit see um, how they deal with it yeah doctrinally yes. not the funnest yes. and i found it like pretty faithful you know, like, yeah, okay. cool, like cool, it didn't cool. it didn't weasel on yeah. like romans nine or something I was like, okay there you go that's cool yeah um yeah. yeah i mean more i guess like word for word type translations i understand yeah. there's um well without going into all the jargon there, there's mm. reasons for why you don't just have like a strictly you know woodenly word for word uh yes. translation but yeah i mean i enjoy the esv i enjoy the yeah, nasb nice. um nice. i enjoy um, a little bit of the King James. Um, I, I enjoy the NIV. It's sort of a little yep. bit more into the thought. Yeah, thought. yeah. Good um, variety. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, um, just so you're, you're a real uh, pluralist, eh? When it comes to the- yeah, absolutely. I mean, my main reading will be in the <laughs> will be in the ESV, just because I mean, yeah. th- there's reasons that I like it, but to be honest, a, a lot of it um, comes from, it's just the one that everyone around me is reading at the same time. So totally. just for ease of reference. Yeah. All the stuff, Baptist um, bros, eh? All, all you Baptist absolutely. guys. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I forgot what your question was, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, no issue. Just talking about how did you, how did you first find scriptures? Here's like this discipline that mm. we have in the Christian life, like reading this yes. massive book <laughs> and, and storing it in your heart. Um mm meditating on it day and night that yes, that will have yes, to happen yes, through yes, actually yes. engaging with it so how did you first totally. find <clears throat> taking up and reading man um exhilarating honestly i remember big cliche but one of the first guys when i was living in mount Montgomery before i moved back to where this other pastor was i'm caught up with a guy once and talking to you know young men and he was just like again he's like <laughs> and, and he said it so you know it's a bit cliche but it's like you got two wolves inside you so there's a good one and there's a bad one 
and the one that wins is the one you feed you know and so you know just for me i was like okay like i gotta feed this good side and <clears throat> reading the bible man wow like very interesting because all of these are new words to me you know i hardly heard any of them before mm. um just fascinating um without context too, you know, like not really looking, I wasn't reading it like, okay, this is something that a guy in the first century is writing to uh, a church of these people, whatever, you know? So it's like, that certainly came a bit later reading with context right. and much yeah. more helpful, but just hearing some of these words, man, I think in, um, you know, in Romans where it says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God, right. reading scripture certainly does something supernatural inside sure. of you. You know, it's Absolutely. like, I certainly found that, um, that just again felt like this book's talking to me you know it's just like um of course you come across wacky things um and like you know hard uh passages having not grown up christian having these lingering worldviews that you have to deal with but 100 percent, like it was as if and i talked with my mum about this my opinions started to change without me trying to change them like it wow. was as if supernaturally inside of me all of a sudden i'm like i don't know why but I buy what God's saying on this, you know, mm. like despite evidence or, you know, like my logical thinking through it, but I'm like, may, you know, like the whole, it clicked to me that truth isn't whatever you want it to be. Objective mm. truth exists outside of me. That is something that I could never like even mentally grasp as a non-believer. Like mm. I, uh, I couldn't even get my head around that. I was like, of course, truth is subjective and relative and it's mm. just whatever goes but like so god like rewired my mind you know mm. and that was bizarre you know um and Maybe. just yeah through reading the bible man just yeah gave me a new worldview i i, I passively absorbed it for sure you know like <laughs> god just slammed it into me and mm. and there's a real blessing because you start to view things the way that they actually are and again like you know, C.S. Lewis says it's like, you know, I believe in Christianity, like, you know, it, but because by its light, I see everything else, not because I see the light, but, you know, it's like, and that right, helped me. Yeah. yeah I, I helped me put together the world around me and see how things work, you know, and it's just, mm. it was really exciting. And it still is, you know, of course, mm. you, you have to develop more of a discipline in reading scripture, mm. but being a new Christian, man, just reading these words for the first time, how exciting that God's left us a book to read, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. So so talk to me a bit about, um, you just mentioned discipline. So what does that look like for mm. you currently? Five years in, what is, what is um, yeah. <clears throat> Sam's Bible reading yeah. routine? Well, so I think... Um, definitely strive to read the bible every day you know it's like there's certainly harder days and there's certainly easier days mm. studying a very heavy uh doing a very uh reading heavy load right studying philosophy sure. um i'm in my third year of that it's like it's full on you know and so sometimes the last thing i want to do at the end of the day is open another book mm. i just want to veg out you know and I think we're, we've certainly got it easier as 21st century peasants. You know, it's like with the fact that I can click play and listen to the Bible, you know, That's it's amazing. like, even though that isn't as good as reading the Bible, I'll admit, I certainly feel it different. You know, I'm always trying to get something in because I know when I don't, things go poorly. When I don't put my time and dedicate my time into praying and reading scripture, I'm, you know, just, I lose my peace of mind. Mm. I'm more short tempered, I'm yeah. stressed. I'm anxious. I'm not as kind to people. 
Uh, I'm not as aware of what I'm doing, you know, and it's like, and it's not just because these benefits that we should read it clearly, but it, it just has a negative impact on me if I'm not doing it. But also I just like, again, it's like, if I'm feeling, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel like God's a bit distant or I'm not feeling comforted. It's just like, well, maybe it's because I need to draw near, you know, mm. um, you know, it's definitely something you got to, I think you got to do it every day, you know? And I mean, mm. again, like you started the podcast off, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And of course, you know, it's like, God's going to forgive everything, but it's just like, you know, so it's like, if you've missed a day, it's not like, well, there's your ticket to hell, mate. You know, it's like, mm. that's, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, it's a blessing to us and it's, mm. you know, be you know like kind of be a man and for women you know it's just like cultivate that discipline i'm not telling you that you're not disciplined as a woman but you know what i'm saying like it's it's worth it yeah it blesses us and i think god wants that for us and you know it pleases god when we're delving into that you know Mm, amazing Mm. one thing charles Haddon spurgeon would ask uh Mm. new members of the church he was installing yes um in addition to all the standard stuff he would ask them Mm. Uh, what do you want to accomplish for the Lord? Um, yeah. Oh, so I throw good. that to you, man. What 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 would you like to accomplish mm. with the Lord, given the decades yeah. that um, all things being equal you have in front of you? Yeah. How do you want to serve God with your life, man? Um, <clears throat> I think about that sometimes, you know, and um, first off, I'm okay with whatever God wants me to do, you know. I think um, Luther said, he's like, you know, you can you can milk a cow to the glory of God. You know, so Absolutely. it's like if I'm meant to do all things to the glory of God, it's like I want to be a Christian in whatever I'm doing, whether that's just working a hard job or whatever to provide for a family or if it's something bigger. Me personally, though, I do feel very called to ministry. Um, mm. I have a passion for helping people understand the Bible, not to say that I've got a monopoly on that yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> – yeah, I'm still learning myself for sure. And I mean, we'll, but you get me, you know, it's like, that's, that's something I'm passionate about and leading, you know, starting to lead life or small groups and youth group and stuff. And for, to hear people question things and like, I don't get this, you know, mm. um, and being able to help them see these things that like, that lights my fire, you know, um, sharing, sharing the gospel with people who are Christian. I've got a mate who I live with, who's an incredible evangelist. Mm. Um, and I mean, I think I've seen a lot of ineffective evangelism and street preaching, but this guy's amazing. You know, it's just like the other week I went out with him and man, it's just like, there were people, you know, he's, he's pulling no punches at all, but it's like, there were people crying people, you know, we got to pray with and everything. We gave out Bibles and it was just a man, you know, it's just like, I'd rather do that than eat, you know, it's just like, that's so much more exciting. So, but I certainly feel called to ministry. I think, um, I think after my degree, I'm considering either part-time or full-time doing some sort of seminary or Bible Mm. college. Um, but really I just want to serve the church. I feel called to minister within the church to people Mm. pastorally and, you know, um, through the word and the sacraments. Um, but yeah, that's, I definitely feel called to do that. But again, I just want to be a Christian in whatever situation that God ends up placing me in in my life. Mm. How good, man. How good. This mm. is super encouraging for me to hear, man. Like I'm feeling mm. stirred up uh, just as I hear you like, man, yes, yeah. we have a call. And um, as you say, you can do everything mm. to the glory of God for sure. Um, and, and that's great. Um, at can, the I, same can I ask time, you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, um, no, you go. I was just going to ask, when, um, how old were you? Or like, when did you realize you felt the call to ministry or to preach? Mm. I think like as soon as like I became a Christian listening to a, a sermon and I think 
I, it really struck me like what the, I guess the power of preaching can be like, it mm. really rocked me to my core. And it was just, I guess, you know, you, you mentioned like not holding back any punches. It was, it was like that, you know, you just, it, yeah, was, washer, it, wasn't it, then? it was, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I came away from that just really conf- conflicted and, and convicted mm. and, yeah, I think I was converted. And then it was like literally within days of that. I just, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I was just hearing yeah. sermons in my head. Yes. Yeah. Myself yeah. Uh, yeah. I get you. Yeah. And yeah, just, from, just from texts <laughs> and, and that I was reading in, in scripture and how I would sort of explain that. And it was like really fresh into the faith. I was like, give me a book, give me a YouTube video. I was just like yeah. absorbing yeah. content. And awesome. I, the way I kind of describe it is like, you know, as a teenager, you'd go out to like a camp or something and you get all riled up hanging out with Christians and you'd come away from that like super, super buzzing for like two days and then you'd yeah. slip back. So I just, <laughs> I, I genuinely feel like I've been buzzing for 12 years at this point. Yeah, um, awesome. yeah. and so so it was in the midst of that. I started doing a bit of preaching at, at the church I was in at the time and just continuing to read, continue to absorb theology. And then it was mm. probably like, maybe like, Five or six years later, I was at a conference and this guy did this uh, sermon on like, how do you know, how to know if you're called to ministry? And I think there's issues for sure in the church where um, we, we can ultimately make it subjective. There is definitely a subjective component to it, but like making it the only it's requirement. an objective is, call though, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and there's requirements and then there's standards mm. of it. But mm-hmm. but one of the things just sort of like more on the subjective side that he was talking about was, mm. well, you'll probably find that you're doing a whole bunch of the things that are involved in the ministry anyway. And so I just kind of looked and was like, well, yeah, like I'm in the word all the time. I'm, I'm just devouring content, um, systematic theologies, commentaries, Mm -hmm. books on Christian living, all that kind of stuff, apologetics. And then, you know, we were having people in our homes. I I was preaching. Um, Yeah. Like I was just like, you know, people would come to me for advice on stuff. And so I felt like I was kind of doing a lot of that anyway. And it just sort of clicked Oh, This is probably what, you yeah. you need to be doing uh, yeah, at some awesome. point down the track. So yeah, th- that's what it was for me. Um, and it, it, it's bro. it's been great, man. It's it's been it's been awesome so far. Um, mm. so yeah, no, nah, like I'll I'll be mindful of you and praying for you as you as you go forward, man. It's uh, thanks, bro. It's, I appreciate it. It's the most amazing privilege, man. It, it's so cool. Yes. Um, let's let's just close this out with some more rapid fire questions. Yeah, good. Um, good. Knowing my personality, they always don't become rapid fire because we yarn too long on them. But let's just that's see fine. how we go. Um, so, I mean, so the first one's already kind of long-winded, uh, but I ask this a lot. You're on a deserted island, and for some mm-hmm. technologically defying reason, you can only have five books of the Bible with you. What five oh. do you have with you on this island? Um, definitely one of the Gospels. So pro- I'd probably go John. Mm-hmm. Um, I like John. I'd say Romans. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books. So Dude, Ecclesiastes that. is the best book in the Bible. Very philosophical and deals with those big questions, and yeah. I love it. I love um, I love Revelation. I think it's a very hopeful, glorious picture yeah, um, that Christians should hold on to. That's four. Uh, and then I would say oh, first or second Corinthians. Awesome, um, man. Yeah. Yep. How good? What about you? Yeah. Do you want to tell, tell me your five quickly too? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say uh, Revelation, Ecclesiastes, Romans for sure. Uh, I chuck Hebrews in there and Acts. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, if we got if we got chucked on the same island for some reason, we'd have tons to yarn about. <laughs> there uh, we go. Do you have a life verse and maybe another way of saying it, just to just across the generations? Uh, 
a life verse or maybe a verse that you'd have in your bio on social media, or if you want to get, you know, really existential about it, a verse that you would perhaps have on your tombstone. Yeah. Um, first Timothy, uh, one, I think, uh, which I can't remember where it starts, but, and this is one of those things where if you're a bit more, uh, like me coming from more Pentecostal background, I really felt like God spoke this verse to me, uh, when I got saved as at first, um, yeah, here we go. First Timothy 12. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. 13. Here we go. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly um, and un- in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, favorite Christian song? I'm loving Rock of Ages at the moment. Uh, Ascend the Hills uh, cover. Uh, oh, yeah. It. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, love uh, a bit of rock hymns, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the that's first thing that to my head. That's a great song. Influential slash solid Christian thinkers? Uh, Augustine, Aquinas, uh, Luther. Um, uh, current is definitely Doug Wilson. Uh, he's okay. yeah, he's the guy I love most. Um, Chesterton, Lewis, um, that'd probably be the main. I love Bernard of Clairvaux. Okay. Um, yep, and yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Um, and okay. John Piper, he's mm-hmm. he's also incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite thing about your church? That's good. Um. it feels like a real authentic covenant community. You know, it's like never, you know, um, I think that is, it feels how church should feel, you know? Um, I mean, we're never going to agree hundred percent on with everyone in the church on exactly things. I'd love a pretty building. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but again, it's just like, I think this is a place where people, uh, yeah, it's a, a good, faithful church. You know, it's not people putting on a mask. And, you know, I think it avoids a lot of the problems. As a non-denominational church mm-hmm. um, and charismatic as well, I think it avoids very well the problems of mega churches with the inauthenticity, manipulation, and things like that. I think it's very authentic and uh, willing to evolve and be honest. Awesome, authentic. man. That's the one, yeah. How good. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. This has been great. I've been super encouraged yeah, by this cool. conversation. Uh, this has been another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast. We are a Bible teaching church in Tauranga, uh, right in the center of town there. Come say hi one Sunday. We have our services at 10.30. Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz. Sam, thanks for coming on the podcast today, man. Thank you, bro. Good to talk to you. Grace and peace to you. Fresh spring and to one lost sheep.